Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Anna Sandys. We recorded this in her backyard last week in Portland, Oregon. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with this week's guest. But first, here's my interview and jam with Anna Sandys. Enjoy. play that that fast thank you (laughs) for speeding that one up for me so that it was slightly more hospitable for the claw hammer banjo that was nice of you and welcome to get up in the cold wow thank you very much i never get to play with claw hammer banjo so this is a treat for me i have some sort of like weird complex about like wanting uh like cool kid flat key fiddle players to like <laughs> like want me in their jams be like oh there's a claw hammer banjo player that can hang with this yeah even though most of the time they'd probably be happier if i was just playing guitar <laughs> <laughs> i think it's fun it's yeah. fun to get to explore all the different ways that these tunes can sound like uh, it's yeah. neat to me you know well i'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> i feel that way too <laughs> 
Also, um, I, I'm not sure that you've pegged me quite correctly as a cool kid flat keys player. So. I think you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you, you might be under a misapprehension there, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, the it is, it is funny. I mean, coolness in old time music, whatever, you know, in the broad category of old time music, it's like... What does that even mean? <laughs> We're just playing Calvin Ball. None of this is cool. <laughs> it is. I think it's all cool. It is the name of your sh- show. Well, now, okay. <laughs> I have to do a little PSA every once in a while and say, this is not a gatekeeping show where I say who's cool in the old-time music community. It's named after the Eck Robertson tune. I think before cool was in the vernacular of saying something that is neat. It had nothing to do with that kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. I met you because there are a number of people in the old-time community around here who have these, like, neat little old-time bridges that mm-hmm. are cut in a, in a different way that I don't even really know what exactly is different about it, but whenever I would borrow their fiddles, I'd be like, oh, this feels different. What is... Oh, this is an <laughs> Anna Sandy's bridge. <laughs> and uh, so I, I came to your... <laughs> I came to your like Google listing and which is you don't actually have like a storefront storefront and uh, I called you and hopefully you were around and I was like I need I want my bridge cut and then I ended up buying a vintage fiddle from you and uh, <laughs> hitting it off and that it, is true and uh, you didn't follow the instructions and get an appointment first no I had to come out and find you wandering down the street yeah. looking lost and confused you were really nice about it <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> just, you are not the first person to miss that piece of information, or to miss the the fact that it, yeah, there's no actual address yeah. listed anywhere <laughs> except a general. So I love region. my new fiddle, and I love how it's set up. And uh, but also, while we were talking between uh, little bits of business talking, we were talking about uh, that you like to play. Raggy, jug band, string band, old string band music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that would be so great to get yeah. to play some of that with you, because, like I said, that's what all cool kids play. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I genuinely enjoy that. And, uh, cool as in, it's cold in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about being a luthier at some point, but maybe first, since we're talking about playing, you know... This genre of old time music, this sub genre, uh-huh. uh, how did you come to get acquainted with playing this style of fiddling and mandolin playing, which will come out later? Yeah. Um, many years ago, in a state far, far away. Which one? Oh, this was probably in Massachusetts. Okay. It's pretty far away. Yeah. Not as far away as you can get. About. Pretty close. Um, where I was going to violin making school. Yeah. Not coincidentally. Um, I was, uh, I think, I was given the old hat compilation called Violin Play the Blues for Me. Yeah. And uh, I had been kind of flopping around with... I don't know, learn some... I think I was flopping around with bluegrass, honestly, and that was not... That was way above my pay grade as somebody who didn't, like, learn violin as a kid. Yeah. You know, just like, sure, let's just 
let's just throw down on some road to Columbus, you know, like, yeah. you know, let's just do, yeah, uh, and, um, so I was trying you were flopping to, on the road. I was flopping <laughs> on the, the road, yeah, the flop-eared mule was yeah. really flopping, it, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And I was taking, I did some, took some klezmer lessons, or mm. took some this or some that. I have a different sort of tastes, and um, then I got this album, and was just like, "What is this? And how come nobody? How come nobody plays this stuff? And how come nobody? Wh- where is it? Why can't nobody? I can't find it anywhere. Nobody, nobody does it. And um, it's such a cool album." It's is, so good. Is it all black fiddlers? Yep. Um, playing yep. playing. Yeah, blues? it's all black string bands. Yeah. And, um, I I just I just like those progressions. I like the syncopation. I like all that stuff. And if you think that bluegrass was above my play, pay grade, yeah, that was way above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just held on to that, to loving mm. that for a really long time. I think I taught myself, I attempted to teach myself the Memphis Shakedown back then. This is 20 years ago or something. And um, I, I had some sort of a stab at it and just sort of life came and went and I kind of stopped playing for a long time. Um, and then more recently, having moved to Portland, Oregon, I started going to Arlo Leach's Jug Band Jam, hmm. and um, and actually finding people who actually could do a you know six two five one progression, yeah. and not lose their minds, and that was amazing. And then I was like, oh, I think I can I can start to do this stuff, and. Um, so I started to do this stuff, and I did. I was in that band with him, the his um, How Long Jug Band for a little while, and uh, yeah, and just really the, the the progressions kill me. Honestly, I, I just yeah. I can't. I, yeah, it, the, it just that's what does it to me. Yeah, it's really satisfying. Uh-huh. And I was noticing in the little playlist that you sent me of tunes that we might do uh-huh. <laughs> um, there's there's definitely moments where it's like oh yeah circle of fifths uh-huh. going around uh-huh. and then there's some moments where it's like the I feel to, to my ear that, that the violin is dictating a circle of fifths kind of thing and the guitar is not doing it yeah. <laughs> and the guitar is doing something else and I don't uh-huh. know if it's if they're being obtuse or if this is you know sort of like before these rules were Instated or obvious, and that stuff is exciting too. <laughs> it is, yeah. There's a lot of, um, yeah. the The violin might go through the whole thing, yeah. and the guitar sometimes will simplify, yeah, um, and skip every other chord in that, yeah. you know, and just do the yeah, sort of every other one, and that totally works as well. And um, it's yeah. kind of thrilling to listen to, yeah, like in that. It's not sunset. just totally nailed down. Like in that sunset waltz. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I think we had talked about trying to play this yeah. one. There, there's, I feel that the fiddle is dictating going from B flat major down to A major or A7 or something and then up to B flat. That's an F augmented. An F augmented. Okay, great. 
But the guitar, the guitar is not doing that. It right. is staying on V flat, yeah. and it's so crunchy and so mm-hmm. uh, dissonant, and it's thrilling. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. That one's really. That's a lovely, a lovely weird tune. F augmented. See, this is a chord I don't. Uh, well, yeah, I don't. And, I don't play on the banjo. For and other time. people do it at different, different ways. I think that um, I used to go to Port Townsend Blues Camp a bit. I didn't go to fiddle tunes. I went to the blues camp. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I'm the wrong person. Everyone would be like, you know, there's a fiddle camp. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but here I have. There's only six people in my class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, I think the instructors think that that's like the chord that if they were going to play the right chords behind it, that's probably what they should have played. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Maybe it jazzes it out a little bit or something, yeah. but it, it actually fits. It's the, so the, the augmented, that's the C sharp in there is, right. is that note that it drops to. And that's why it's not an A. Oh, and so like the, like if I played it on the mandolin, then I'd hit the F and the C sharp together. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And it gives it that wonderful tension. It's like the dominant function. See, I'm allowed to say that in this setting, talking about this music. <laughs> and then people get mad at me if I said it in an old time jam. There wouldn't be any F augmented in there, probably, right. so you wouldn't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. it. Cool. This well, is still old time. We had this discussion this a little bit earlier. still old time. It's, it's so old time. Yeah. It's older than old time. Should we should we play that tune or did let's, you have another yeah, one that you wanted to do next? Sure. Since that organically got brought up. <laughs> Thank you. 
Is that, is that on that record? No. I don't think it is. I don't think there's any waltzes on there. Yeah, I don't remember. It's all, <laughs> yeah, it's all faster. And or it's more blues and faster stuff. But I think the intersection between a band like the Mississippi Sheiks playing these beautiful waltzes yeah. and then playing these blues, you know, these raunchy blues, and yeah. then also playing... Basically, these hot jazz tunes also yeah. is music was sophisticated in the twenties and thirties, <laughs> and I think that that gets forgotten a lot of the time. That, yeah, that actually there was th- that this wasn't all invented recently. Yeah, <laughs> it was all out there, um, and yeah. Uh, I've been um, my friend Jake Blunt um, has started a TikTok where it talks about like music history and as, uh-huh. a lot of times as it intersects with like colonialism and mm-hmm. uh, and race and stuff and uh, one of the things that he, he's been saying a lot on there is uh, that has been really useful to me is music theory is descriptive not prescriptive mm-hmm. um, which hmm. I feel like applies to what you're talking about because it's like the People didn't come up with this because of the theory. The theory is describing what people wanted to do intuitively, mm-hmm. you know. And like, of course, people were playing these augmented chords, and you know, of course, they would have come up with "That's It," the Mississippi Sheiks, right. you know, back uh, then, you yeah. know, because like, it make it's a so that song is super similar to these other jazz tunes, like "I've Got a New Baby." And the Hawaiian version of that, which is mm. I'm Pow. Um, and so, like, that, those sounds were floating around. Yeah. And um, it's really... Yeah, that... It's, it's crazy. And so, the other thing that I think I understand about the Mississippi Sheiks is that that fiddle player, Lonnie Chapman, I believe his name is, a lot of the the black folks that were on plantations, they some of them got to be the music, got to be the fiddlers and the music teachers. Sure. And he's from one of those families. Yeah. So he actually has music training. Yeah. And isn't just sitting around playing by ear so much. Right. There's um. And and I I just I think that that's an interesting. You know, like there, there actually was a musical training in his family. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure why I think that's so interesting, but it's just—I guess it's like a sure people like to um, fetishize certain folk musics and maybe especially Black American folk music as like, oh, it's just like welling up from inside them because they're magical beings, which is a (laughs) really problematic thing (laughs) to say. It is dehumanizing. It's like, no, like, uh, I mean, not any more than it's flowing out of anyone else. But the reason it's special is because of, like, communities that are sticking together to, like, survive and pass on culture. 
like music training. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, that, that's just an interesting, you've got, you are much more artic- articulate with your, um, understanding of what I was trying to say. <laughs> and I am like why it's interesting. Yeah. I think you you've got like what I think is so interesting okay, about good. that in a way that I was having a hard time saying. I mean it's it's also interesting the idea of on a plantation like like making space for art making. You know, it's like is that for like morale? Is that for like to because people work better when they have ways to express themselves? Is that because it's like, well, this music is valuable to me as the, you know, the person that is in charge, mm-hmm. um, or like that. There's all sorts of questions that arise. Like, why yeah. would that be, yeah, allowed or encouraged? Yeah. My understanding is that yeah, you'd get somebody that seemed to show some musical talent, and then you'd be like, oh, you need to become the dance master, right? Because right. they needed to teach the kids their. The little children running around the in their pinafore needed to learn piano and right. to play the violin. Accomplished young women who needed to marry off later right. needed to be able to play the piano. And right. you needed somebody who could hold country dances for you to have the uh, neighboring plantations over. Yeah. And then they would be able to play for themselves as well yeah. um, at other times, I believe. That's interesting. But I I'd think they to, were the music teachers a lot. I would love to look, look into, you say Lonnie Chapman. Yeah. His name. Yeah, I would love to look into his his story. Yeah. You don't have any Mississippi Mississippi chic tunes on the list today, do you? That you want to well, play? That, well, that was one. I thought... Oh, okay, so the Mississippi Sheiks, that was the Mississippi Mudsteppers, but okay. that is Lonnie Chapman oh. playing with the Mississippi Mudsteppers. And Thank you so, for making that connection. Yes, for me. so they they all lived in the same area. They recorded a lot of stuff together under yeah. various names, like the. But mostly those instrumental things were going to be the the Mississippi Mudsteppers always has the mandolin and the fiddle yeah. together. Um, so there's a, a, a bunch of waltz tunes uh, from those guys and some other. Stuff there's some really great. That's not always fiddle with it, but there's some really great mandolin tunes in yeah. there, and that is Charlie McCoy is the mandolin player okay, who plays cool. on those. And I, but I think it's all the same guitar player who's also. Oh God, the names! Now I'm going to get all confused. Proper nouns. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I believe it's the same guy playing guitar on on those two within those two groups. Yeah. So it's the same guitar and fiddle and mandolin? Yeah. Isn't that... No, the mandolin player and the fiddle player are different people. Well, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. yes, but, like, it sounds like it's just the same band, Mississippi Sheiks. It, 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 it is, yeah. in some ways. <laughs> yeah. um, except that usually they're... Maybe it's a different guitar. Yeah. It's a very... I, I might be getting that wrong. It might be a different guitar player. Um the I should have brushed up on this stuff. I didn't know uh, we were going to talk about it. We and, we we never ever spread misinformation on this show, <laughs> and everyone should take everything I'm that sure. they hear on With a this grain podcast of salt. very literally uh-huh. as gospel truth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the yeah. So I mean, in these early recording days, yeah. people were just like, they're like, you got a band? Sure. 
oh, we already recorded that band. Yeah, I got another band. And they would just make, yeah. you know, or they would, uh, they would come, yeah, oh, these other guys that I play with, this is the other Mississippi so-and-sos. Right. Or they would change their names, to, this- which is also part of the reason the discographies are so confusing, is... Who is Pygmy Pete and Cat Juice Charlie? Because our names are actually sure. their names are actually Charlie Wilson and yeah. you know something else. But they already recorded under those names, so when they do their hokum, they come up with these goofball names. Interesting. Kansas City Kitty and Georgia Tom, things like that. Those yeah. were not their given names. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't think of anybody named Kitty. As a given name in my life, <laughs> yeah, I think it used to be a short a, a nickname for Catherine or yeah, something. That makes sense. Yeah, Kansas City Kitty. <laughs> uh, I also think that it's it is interesting to the, like Sheik's Mudsteppers. I don't know what to make of that, but those are very differently coded band names. Yeah. What What else do you want to play today? <laughs> well. Do you want to do one more B flat tune? Yeah. You want to do that? Um, Hanging in there. Do the uh, cotton pickers rag? Yeah, that one's great. You like that one? Let me see what I can do. Okay. With it. <laughs> Otherwise, we can move on to playing stuff in C with the mandolin. Well, let's do the yeah. Okay. Let's do the cotton picker rag. <laughs> Thank you. 
that six <laughs> wind chimes. <laughs> oh, too bad it's not yeah. a real windy day. We could get all five of them going. It'd be a real cacophony. You'd get the big one going over there. When did uh, making violins enter the picture? <laughs> um, about the same time I started learning to play, yeah. which is amazing. Um, when I was a tender young cub of 25 or something. Um, it's quite the career juke. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start playing and building violence. Why? Well, I was an anthropology major. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there's too many job options. It's paralyzing. I'm just going to go in a different direction. Pretty much. Yeah. So we've all been there. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just like, well... Uh, no, I, I, uh, yeah. yeah, anthropology was fun and all, but, um, I didn't see a huge career path for me. Sure. And, um, I really wanted to do something with my hands. I was pretty clear about that, and I'd always done a lot of artistic uh, endeavors yeah. with painting and drawing and whatnot, um, and I moved to Vermont with my beau, and he was a, a bluegrass player, and at some point, when we first were dating, he said, never come between me and my music. Oh, interesting. And and I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to learn to play something. Uh-huh. Um, I'd played a little piano and guitar or something as a kid, but, um, and so I proceeded to try to teach myself how to play fiddle, which really... Is not a great way to go about these things. But in the meanwhile, I started doing some chip carving and um, uh, can it bell. <laughs> the uh, and um, what was I doing? I was doing um, fr- uh, wood block print making. Yeah, cool. Um, up in Vermont, where there was this woman, Mary Zarian, who was quite. Um, she ha- really had a lock on the market, and I remember I went and the talked to her. Market. Yeah, yeah, well, she she's like, um, what is it, Nikki? Uh, I can't remember her last name. The gal up here who does the paper cuts, yeah. that you know gets all the all the folky um, calendars and yeah. postcards and and uh, mugs and you know all that stuff. So Mary Zarian was doing that way back in the '90s in Vermont, but with woodblock carving, not linen t- cuts, actual wood. And so anyway, I started doing that, and I really loved it, and I thought about, I don't know, going to, apprenticing with somebody to learn that stuff and things, and then I was renting a violin from a shop in Vermont, in Montpelier, Vermont, and there was an apprentice, and the apprentice wasn't there anymore, and I said, and this is back in the olden days, when you had to go in and give a check every month, yeah, you don't remember that, do you? No. When you were renting things, and you, you actually paid for things with a check. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or cash in person. I think I, <laughs> I think I did that for my first apartment. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then it bounced and I had to do more. It was really <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think my checks for violin rental didn't bounce. But anyway, I wound up apprenticing in this shop and then was like, you know, this is cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it, and so I went to the North Bennett Street School uh, for violin making, and that's a three year program, and it was great, um, wonderful people, wonderful, and I got to do an apprenticeship with a wonderful guy out there, and um, yeah, 
And meanwhile, uh, the aforementioned attempting to teach myself things that I really had no business trying to teach myself with no yeah. actual music training. Um, or no teacher, really. Um, besides, like, I'd take a one-off lesson from somebody and then never practice. Yeah. And they were like, I wonder what happened to that person. <laughs> they couldn't really play in the first place, so I didn't have a lot of hope for them. So, anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good story. So I went to this violin making school and then wandered around for a while and finally got to move back to the West Coast where I moved to Portland. Yeah. And here I am. Yeah. Been making violins, I guess not ever since. No. You've taken breaks I, there and there. I put it in a good 10 years, I think-ish, between school and working and doing that. And then I had some wonderful tendonitis problems yeah. where um, between between trying to play, I was playing more guitar back then, and um, and luthering all the time, and I do everything by hand. Yeah. And then I was also, like, knitting and crocheting at night, like, just because just I wasn't Were getting you enough. self-sabotaging? This sounds, like, <laughs> dangerous. I probably had just gotten divorced. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and I was Did trying to get between him and his music. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I got between him and his undergrad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> typical, typical, yeah. you know, graduate school problem. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I went to a doctor, and the doctor said uh, physical therapy drugs or stop doing what you're doing in a, you know, yeah. we didn't have affordable health care act back then. Yeah. So I just stopped doing what I was doing Yeah. and went to work as a computer aided drafter yeah. in engineering instead for 10 years, give yeah. my hands a little break. And now I'm back at it. You're back. Yeah. How, Whack how are they at it? Great. So I, great. I've learned a lot of self care. Yeah. A lot of hot water soaks and arnica and CBD rubs and yoga. Yeah. Keep that upper body strength. Maybe, maybe I should do <laughs> just even one of those things. <laughs> hot water, when you're done and your hands are a little sore, fill up your sink in your bathroom or wherever you have a sink that can fit most of your arm. Yeah. As hot a water as you can keep your arms in there until like you know if you can get your from here to here because it's all attached in here right yeah in your elbow soak it for as long as you can until you feel like it's not hot anymore even though it's still hot but you don't feel like it's hot anymore take them out give yourself a little massage with arnica or cbd if you like that stuff and it just helps tremendously cool with you know just getting all those aches out of there and yeah spending a little time just uh, releasing the tensions that happen in those tendons. Yeah. Another being a being a fiddler often goes hand in hand with wrist anxiety. Yeah. So I'm sure plenty of our listeners. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not. A, I am not a doctor, but I have relatives who are yeah. acupuncturists and masseuses and things like that. And I and you've I made your way out of these. tendonitis once. I have, and yeah. when I. And I try not to. I just try not to work as hard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend that to everybody. Yeah, Don't work as hard totally. to your listening audience. Just try not to work so hard. Yeah, in general. But um, <laughs> it's good advice. I know <laughs> people really should stop. <laughs> just stop working so hard. Too productive. <laughs> you just lay in the sun more often. Um, but yeah, just 
when you've had when you've put in a hard day of whatever it is that makes you hurt take care of yourself mm. you know don't wait until you wake up the next morning and you're like my hand's a claw my neck doesn't turn that kind of thing I mean even just putting when you're doing that take a washcloth put it in the water and put it on the back of your neck you're leaning over the sink anyway yeah. you can rest your head on the faucet and your neck gets this nice hot water soak yeah all way more information than anybody needs but your doctor probably won't tell you to do it so and it can't hurt you I guarantee it will not hurt you might loosen your calluses a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta you, get those things sloughed off anyway when did you start playing mandolin probably about five years ago yeah. yeah around the time I found this jug band jam and started sort of reintroducing myself to music um I listened to this tune. Well, I actually went into trade-up music. I'd, I'd always kind of been like, oh, mandolin, it's too hard, it's too... It's too. And I went into trade-up music and I picked up some crappy $100 washburn yeah. and just and like played a little fiddle tune. And I was like, oh! Oh, that's not so bad. Like, somehow, I when I tried it before, it was just like this painful yeah. thing and somehow I'd just gotten to someplace else. Huh. Um, and there's such there's some really wonderful tunes in the repertoire yeah. and um and I sing a bit, so it's nice to have something that is not right under your chin. Not right under your chin and you can you know, a lot of guitar players can read mandolin chords, especially if you tell them what some of the basic ones are. You know, like yeah. like this is if I do this, that's a C and they're like, Great. Yeah, I know. I know. At least when you're going back to the one, yeah, and um, to be able to sing and keep rhythm myself and things like that, rather than relying on somebody else to have some idea of what I'm after, yeah, um, helps. Well, do you want to play yeah, some let's, mandolin let's bust tunes? It out. Scott Dale's string okay. band's version of the Chinese Breakdown. Oh, I don't know if I have. I've played various Chinese breakdowns. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is one. this one's in C and it's played on the mandolin. Okay, and it's basically the same. You know, I've played it with fiddle players that are like, sure, I know it in D, and they, yeah. and they can kind of get around it. Yeah, but th- that way you kind of know where things happen. Well, let me see what I can do. Yeah.
Have you in- intentionally, like, chosen the notes no. for here? No. I mean, I keep hearing the G, which so far has worked really nicely. <laughs> works nicely, nicely with jazzy B-flat tunes. <laughs> Obviously works well with C tunes. <laughs> You're one of these perfect pitch people that's going to tell me what note my bell is tuned to. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm also constantly playing it. Right, <laughs> Yeah. Conveniently, you're like, would, would you please just be in the right rhythm? <laughs> tinga, 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 tinga. Mm-hmm. So we got time for one more mm-hmm. for the episode proper. Mm-hmm. And before we do that, where should people go to buy violins or get their violins fixed up <laughs> with you? And uh-huh. on on the internet, where should they go? And then which directions should they follow so they don't just wander around northeast Portland. They're like, Anna! I want a special bridge! I heard there's a violin shop around here somewhere. All I see is this empty field. <laughs> That's because I hide it during the day. Yeah. It's much like Howl's Moving Castle, um, where it just oh, is invisible. Great reference. <laughs> Anna's, viol- Anna's magic violin shop. Um, you can find my website is sandysviolins.com, which is S-A-N-D-Y-S violins. We know how to spell that, I think. Um, and that's uh, got my website on it, and there's contact stuff on there. I've got some pictures of some uh, some not very updated pictures of vintage fiddles uh, in there, because I just don't keep up with that stuff very well. Is um, that one I bought still up there? I think I took it down. Um, It's a while ago now. Yeah. Um, And I do... I I don't do much uh, blogging, but I've written a couple of little things like, oh, here's what I'm... Here's what I... Here's me making chisel handles or, you know, things like that. Or or, um, I moved out of my building downtown because of COVID, because that was in a... (laughs) It was in a federal courthouse building. You can imagine how well that was going. Uh, And... um, so you can get find my contact there. Also, if you Google violin maker near me and you happen to live in Portland, I will probably come up. Yeah. Um, and just don't believe the hype when it tells you that I'm at 42nd and Prescott, because it's not true, <laughs> but I'm very near there, and that's yeah. all I'm going to tell the general listening public. Yes. That they don't need to come by and, um, you know, just break down the door trying to find me. Every, all appointments by appointment only. Yeah. Appointments by appointment. Yeah. And, uh... And while you're getting your violin checked on, you can get some of the best tacos. That's right. Had, There's right a the really great taqueria down the street. And I finally went to that Guamanian place. Yes! Guamanian. Isn't that good? It's so good! So good. Yeah. Just like food Those guys are great. And they're right there with Oakshire Brewing. It's That's a really nice scene. They also have sort of... They've been doing little outdoor gigs out there in the oh, cool. beer patio too if so if you are there on a Tuesday from 6 to 8 you might even catch some live music get your fiddle set up go That's get right. some Guamanian food go drink some beer yeah. come back yeah <laughs> <laughs> your fiddle's gonna sound great yeah. It'll be <laughs> yeah and you know I I don't have a lot of agency on the fiddle I guess I, I have so little agency on the fiddle that when it gets set up properly it makes a huge difference because I can't make like a, a shitty fiddle sing, uh, and like I need all the help that I can get. And yeah, when you everybody does sure Every, no, <laughs> seriously yeah with, I mean with all instruments but fiddles yeah. in particular like you don't need to have anything else to fight with besides it being <laughs> a thing without frets yeah and a, that you 
that you activate with a bow, for yeah. Pete's sake. I mean, make it as easy on yourself as you can. All so, that is to say, I, I love the work that you did. Oh, thank you. And I am enjoying fiddling so much more. <laughs> okay. I need all the deterrence taken away. Yes. So I can just make deal with the immutable d- deterrence of the fiddle, which is to say, the like you said, the bow <laughs> and the lack of frets and yeah. etc. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I do re- uh, setup work, restoration work, repair work, uh, bow repairs. And I also do new building. I do violins and violas. I've done a couple of five-string violins cool. now. Those are those are hot right now. Those yeah. are yeah. And I'm building a, a violin that's the uh, based on the one that I sold you. The, oh, very the weird, good. The weird old like German copy model of yeah. a Magini, but like long. Yeah, yeah. Thin, yeah. But so it sounds strange. good and has a nice yeah nice broad sort yeah. of. Tone. You wrote muscular Great. tone yeah. on the website. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Where can I get a it's muscularly real, toned real violin? Himbo of the, of the fiddle. <laughs> and uh, for the fiddle nerds out there, like what what is this like bridge setup that you do for for old time? So I think I actually got this bridge template from I think I think Caleb Clowder. Mm had me rehair a bow for somebody and stole their one of their bridges there or they had a te- she had uh, I think Sophie had a had a super flat bridge and he like or a super flat bridge template and he brought it over for me to copy yeah and uh, so I've been slapping that on people's oh, instruments um, so yeah you know it all it all continues to just flow around yeah. uh, the community um, so probably the the standard like Classical is like sort of a 60 degree arc. Yeah. And there's a sort of a flatter version that's 50 degrees that's floating around that's still pretty comfortable for even people that are used to a classical. Yeah. Yeah. And this is not either. <laughs> so this is flatter. Cool. I, but this, this can't even, I wouldn't even call this an arc really. I mean, it's really, um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty funky flat thing. Yeah. But for the people who like that, yeah. it's, it's the thing. If you're going to be playing two strings yeah. at a time a lot of the time anyway... Yeah. 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 And, um, and I love doing, I love working with fiddlers and, um, I love trying to just optimize instruments to, for people to be happier with them. And a lot of the time you, you buy an instrument and you love it when you get it and then time passes and somehow it's just not the sweet thing that you remember. And a lot of, it's just like a car or, you know, especially happens with violins. Yeah. No, they like, just need they just need a little attention now and yeah. then, and um, and I love doing that. And I love, um, yeah, I love getting people back and happy with their, you know, oh, this is the instrument I remember kind of yeah. thing. I love doing that, and I love finding old fiddles and fixing them up and getting them to people because the they're fiddles and that that's what they're made to do yeah. is be played and <laughs> yeah. it's sad when they're hanging on walls or something unless they're so far gone that that's all they can do anymore but that's kind of like yeah a little bit of an animist thing there with the sure. you know they're they're kind of alive and they want to be played so yeah well thanks for giving up part of your yeah afternoon to do this it was very fun a pleasure this beer <laughs> Bonus beer that yeah. matches your shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a great place to hang out. There was a procession of ducks. Oh, yeah. Did they earlier. come by for you? They came by. Yeah. 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 
There's one that's particularly handsome. It's like a black duck with kind of like a mohawk. Kind yeah, it kind of looks like your hair actually, yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> you're kind of got. His name is Joey. Yeah. At one point, one point we had a series of ducks and we named them after the Ramones. Um, and he's the, he's the last one that's left. Um, the other ones, I think raccoons got them. And various other one of them flew away. Um, but yeah, he's the last one that's left. And so those are Muscovy ducks that you're seeing. And yeah, they've got that crest. And yeah. and when Love he gets it. excited, he's got like the sort of rockabilly mohawk going on. And then he he, he goes. As he's walking, and he gets his tail all up like a peacock and stuff. It's really, um, cool. it's really, yeah. Having jungle fowl around the yard is pretty fun. <laughs> what do you want to play for the final tune? Well, do you know either the Tanner's Rag or the Hawkins Rag by any chance? I think I've done Tanner's before. Let's do that. I think so.
Visit Anna's website at sandysviolins.com, that's S-A-N-D-Y-S, violin.com, to order her handmade violins and violas, vintage violins, and contact her about setup and repair. I put a link in the show notes. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you're able, please help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case with the Get Up in the Cool logo at the Get Up in the Cool merch store, also linked in the show notes. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me, either in person or via Skype. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. We just started our 19th season, so this might be a good jumping on point. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.